Welcome to another edition of the Take Heart videos. Um, my name is David Graham. I look forward to another sharing with you guys another time of something that the Lord's put on my heart. First, I'm going to read from Romans chapter 15, verse 4, to kind of springboard to the area we're going to be in. So Romans 15, verse 4 says, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. So the reason I wanted to read that verse, because I always go to that verse when I'm doing a study in the Old Testament, because as you remember, uh, during Christ's time on earth and even during the epistles, there was no New Testament. They were actually living it. So today we're actually going to be in the book of Exodus. So if you want to turn with me to the book of Exodus, and we're eventually going to get into chapter 15. But to begin with, I want to read a few verses at the end of chapter 14. So if you have your Bible with you, turn to Exodus chapter 14, and we're going to read the last two verses. So it says in verse 30, So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. So where, where we are in church history, or the, the history of the Israelites, they had just crossed the Red Sea. Uh, Moses had parted the sea for, the, for them to dry, go on dry land, and then Pharaoh's army came behind them, and the Lord closed the water on them. So now the, the Israelites are seeing this amazing victory. So as we see in verse 31, the result of this amazing Red Sea crossing miracle was that people feared the Lord, and it says they believed the Lord, but not only that, they believed his servant Moses. So this is where we are in our study. So if you look with me to the next chapter, you might even have in your heading of your, of your Bible in, in chapter 15, the Song of Moses. So I'm, I wanna read just a few verses, the first five verses, so again, to kind of set the tone of, of how the, the heart of the people is at this time, what, what, what just happened. So Exodus 15, verses one through five, let me read it. It says, Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war, the Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots in his army he has cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank to the bottom like a, st a stone. So in scripture, this is the first time that we see a recorded song. And we see just through those first five verses, it's a song of deliverance, of victory, it's praising God, it's thanksgiving, it's all these things combined from what the Lord had led them through. So you can read on your own time all the way through chapter 15. And if you look at the last, um, I guess towards the end of Moses' song, his sister Miriam and some of the ladies in verse 20 and 21 also join in on singing. So she get, gathers some of the women with her it says they, they gathered some timbrels and dances and they sang these songs. So that's kind of the, the mood of what of the Israelites, what's going on in their heart. They had this thanksgiving, things are going great. 
um, similar to us before this, everything going on currently with COVID and all this, things were probably going good. And we were all meeting as a church. Things were going good, even in your own life. You might've been on a mountaintop. You might've been in a valley. Either way, things were different than they are now. And now we're gonna see uh, a turn into, the, into the, the history of Israel. So look with me now in verse 22. And I'm gonna read just verse 22. And now we're gonna see a different stage in, the, in their walk. And it says in Exodus 15, verse 22, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. So the first thing we see there is Moses is leading them. If you remember in the beginning there in the chapter, at the end of chapter um, 31, it says they believed God and they also believed his servant Moses. So now Moses is leading them. It says he brought Israel from the Red Sea. Interesting that word that's being used there. It literally means to pull up or pull out. And, it, and it's in reference to pulling out a tent stake and going on a journey. So now Israel, it's not only that he's, he's leading his family, but he's actually leading a nation. And for many of you, you might be at home leading your families. Okay, I think today in this particular devotion, we're gonna learn quite a bit, not only about the history of Israel, but if we look deep within our own hearts. For us as Gentiles, um, for those that aren't Jewish, I've got a verse, it's Ephesians 2.13. It says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So us as Christians, as, as Gentiles, we've been brought near due to the, the blood of Christ. Similarly to Moses bringing them out from the Red Sea into the wilderness, you know, we, we were also led. We're led what? By the Holy Spirit. And we do that by what? James tells us to submit to God. James 4.10 tells us, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. So during this time in our own lives, um, during this uncertainty maybe in your own life, you might be going through obviously journey with everyone else of, of what's going on around the world. Um, but always leading, uh, following the leading of the Holy Spirit. And it tells us that he took them into the wilderness of Shur. Um, Numbers 33.8 it also recounts this, this particular um, point in history, and they call it, in that particular section, the wilderness of Etham. Shur means a wall. Etham means their strength or their sign. So he's leading them for three days past the Red Sea into this wilderness. And it's, it's interesting. I'm not going to dwell too much on the, the fact that it was for three days, but we know a lot of times in Scripture, that three is a representation of, of divine perfection. For instance, the Trinity, the God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Um, in Matthew 12, verse 40, Jesus said this, For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So we see that he's leading them. They're going through this wilderness. And we find out that there was no water. So if you remember, the circumstances didn't change. God did not change. We know that, that God, he, he's this, the same today, yesterday, and forever. Um, he hasn't changed, but the circumstances in which Israel was going through has changed. Even further back, a, little, a few chapters back in Exodus, write this down, Exodus 13, 21 and 22. 
And this kind of sums it up for how we see that God is leading them through Moses. Exodus 13 verses 21 and 22 tell us, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so as to go by day and by night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. So as we see, God is still leading. He's, he's using not only the pillar in, in the cloud, but he's also using his servant Moses. Let's see what happens next. They're in the wilderness. Uh, they found no water. Verse 23 says, Now when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. That word literally means bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Marah. And verse 24 tells us, And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? So we find out in this particular section of Scripture, not only a literal bitterness, but also we're going to find out the bitterness of heart. Because we see what happens. They're going through the desert three days. They can't find water. They finally come to water, and this water's bitter, and they can't drink it. So what do they do? It says, And the people complained. Or in the King James, it says they murmured, they grumbled. Give you a few verses as it relates to complaining and murmuring, grumbling uh, in our own lives. Even even during this pandemic, you might find yourself doing some of the things that, that the children of Israel were doing. James 3, verses 14 and 15 tell us, But if you have bitter envy, we see that word bitter, and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. Hebrews 12:15 says, Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. So we see in those two sections in James and Hebrews, you know, not to be bitter envy, not to have bitterness, let a root of bitterness. But more importantly, in Paul's letter to the Philippians, he says, he tells us the reason, another reason why we shouldn't complain or grumble, because the world's watching. The world's watching how we react. They're watching how we're reacting during this pandemic, how we react and while we're out and about. Philippians chapter two, verses 14 and 15. And remember, this is, this is in regards to our witness to those around us, especially non-believers. Philippians two, verses 14 and 15 tell us, do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. I mean, that's what we're called to do, shine as lights in the world, especially during this time of, of darkness, um, all this uncertainty going on in the world. Then we notice that the, the children of Israel, they didn't cry out to God. They cried out to Moses. They kind of directed their attention instead of crying out directly or complaining directly to God, let's, let's put, put it on Moses. And you might find yourself getting on each other's nerves at home, complaining, you know, why is this this way? And complaining to someone in your house. When in fact, we know that God is still in control. He's still on the throne. There's a purpose for this particular trial in our own lives. So what did Moses do? Look at verse 25 with me. It says, so he cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. So the first thing we can learn from this, 
we can apply this to our own lives. We, it says, so he cried out to the Lord. And it literally means to call for help in distress or need. It doesn't say that Moses uh, called friends, went on social media. It says he cried out to the Lord. I mean, I think that's something definitely for us to learn during this time. With everything going on, this is even a, a more important time to draw close to him, to cry out to him, tell him, tell him your, your heart, tell him your thoughts, tell him everything that's going on. So it says he cried out to the Lord, and what happened? The Lord showed him a tree. We don't know exactly, it's not recorded here, the prayer. I would imagine it had to do with, Lord, we've been out here for three days, we can't find water. Now we found water and it's bitter. What am I gonna do? These people are, are complaining and grumbling. I would imagine the prayer had something to do with that. Lord, give us water, give us some clean water. And it, look what it says, and it says, and the Lord showed him a tree. That word showed, um, you know, it visually he showed him obviously, but it means to point out, to throw, to cast. And it's interesting that this same word for show means to teach, okay? And what did he do? He showed him a tree, and what happened next? It says, when he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. It's interesting we can draw so many parallels in this verse. The fact that he cried out to the Lord, the Lord showed him a tree. We just celebrated the resurrection of Christ. The fact that Christ was crucified on a tree. And for this particular situation, what did Moses need to do? He needed to chop the tree down. There needed to be death to the tree in order to remove the bitter bitterness, if you want to look at it that way. Because when he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. First Peter 2.24 tells us, Who himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes we are healed. No stripes meaning sin. Acts 5.30 says, The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. So we see that God led them to this point. He delivered them from Pharaoh's army that was behind them. He led them into the desert for three days. There was a purpose for this plan. Just like there's a purpose for this plan that's going on currently in our own lives with this pandemic. Philippians 1.6 says this, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So we see that in this, there was a purpose. There is going to be a purpose for our own lives through this as well. So he throws the water in, throws the, sorry, throws the tree into the water. The waters were made sweet because of that. You know, that tree was always there. The tree was designed for a particular purpose and God used that. He brought them there to that particular part of the world at that particular time in order to show them something. It also says in verse 25, it says, There he made a statute and an ordinance for them, and there he tested them. We see that God's in control. Look what it says. It says, There he made a statute. It didn't say Moses did something or the people did something. God is showing his sovereign power here. He says he made for them. He, there he made a statute for them. So what he was doing, the, the, the journey that they were on was for them. Just like you and I today, this, this thing going on in the world, this virus is in order to draw us close to him, there's other things that God has planned for us. 
And it says he made a statute and an ordinance. Statute, a condition, a decree, that which is established or definite, an ordinance, also known as a regulation or authoritative order. You know, we currently have an ordinance um, from the state. You can't gather in a certain amount of group, uh, a number in a group. You can't do this, you can't do that. Those are ordinances, those are rules that are set in place. But it says here he made these things for them and it also says the reason that he brought them three days to an area where there was water, but it was bitter. It says, it says here, it says, and there he tested them. If you've got the King James, it means to prove. And it means to prove something that's genuine. Is it real? He's testing their faith. Was their faith real? They just finished singing the song, how, how awesome God was with their mouths and with their, their instruments. And then now when bad times come in, just like we are as finicky people, as sinful people, we, we start complaining. James chapter one, verses two through four. I think most of us during this Take Heart series have probably referenced these set of verses, but I'm gonna reference it again. It says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing, the same word we're seeing here, of your faith does what? It produces patience. Verse four is for us during this time and for the children of Israel. But let patience have its perfect work. And we see why they're the testing of this faith. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So through the, the trial of, of the children of Israel as well as us, God has a purpose for it. He has a purpose. He's, he's drawing us close to him through this. And he wants us to be perfect and complete, lacking nothing in him. So let's look at the next verse. Verse 26, and it says, after he did the statutes and the ordinance and said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. So look what we see first, it says, if you. So we see action on the part of the children of Israel, right? and also on us, all right? Look at this, it says, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord, your God. You notice that's a personal thing, your God. And what is he telling them to do? To hear and to obey. And, it, and he says, if you diligently heed the voice, do you hear it and you obey it? And do what is right in his sight. What is pleasing to the Father? So I guess we could ask ourselves during this whole time if you're in lockdown mode or whatever. Are you doing things? Are you he heeding the voice? Are you listening to the voice of the Lord uh, through your time in prayer, through your time in his word? And when you do hear the voice of the Lord, are you doing, are you acting on that? You know, faith without works is dead. Colossians chapter one, verses nine and 10. This is a result. If we do that, if we do diligently heed the voice of the Lord and we do what is right in his sight, listen to this, Colossians chapter one, Verses nine and 10, it says, for this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Here it is, verse 10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Fully pleasing God, fruitful in every good work and increasing the knowledge of God. I think the Lord wants that for us during this time. Next we see it's a repetition of what he said. At first he told them, heed the voice of the Lord and do what is right. 
Now he knows, I think he understands how we work, that we need to hear things over and over. What does he say next? He says, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. Keep, to guard, to protect, to observe, to do it. So he just told him if you heed it and do what is right, then you, you give ear to it, basically listen and do it. Keep all his statutes, the same thing. Psalm 119, 11 tells us, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. And that sums it up. Do we, do we read the word? Do we understand it? Do we have a desire to be obedient? We find out God tells them, you know, if you do these things, look what, look what he does next. The result of this obedience is now God in action. Look what it says. It says, I will. At first it was if you, now it's I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians. So we see the result of the obedience on the children of Israel. If you do these things, I will not bring the diseases on you. So obedience here, you know, it begins in the heart. We were just read earlier where the water was bitter, but their hearts were bitter. Obedience begins in the heart. Exodus 9:14. This is what started the the beginning when the the Egyptians, the Pharaoh was just disobeying when Moses came and and the Lord told him, tell him to let my people go so we can go and worship. Listen to this. This is very interesting. Exodus 9:14 tells us, for at this time. This is God talking through Moses directly to Pharaoh. For at this time, I will send all my plagues, listen, to your very heart and on your servants and on your people that you may know that there is none like me in all the earth. So we see Pharaoh's heart. It was bitter, his very own heart. So that's great. Well, let's talk about Pharaoh, but how about us? How do we apply that to us during this time and even during this section here? Romans 6, 17 and 18, listen to this. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed, listen, from the heart, that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. That doctrine is Jesus Christ. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Now that should describe all of us, especially during this time of, of pandemic when we can draw close to him. So the Lord tells him, if, you, if you're obedient, I will do these things for you. And it's the same with us today. If we do these things, he wants us to be close to him. Look what the verse it also says. It says, he tells them, for I am the Lord who heals you. Remember, it was your God. Now it's you. It's a personal thing. This is where we get one of the names for Jehovah, Jehovah Rapha. That's where we get the word. The word heals here is Rapha. And interesting, it literally means to sew together or to mend like stitches or sutures that you would get if you cut yourself. It's interesting, Revelation 22.2, which Pastor Kevin will get to at some point in the future. It says, in the middle of its street and on either side of the river, listen to this, was the tree of life. We just talked about a tree which brought sweet, which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Interesting there, the word healing means it's therapia, where we get the word, obviously, therapy. So the Lord tells them, I am the Lord who heals. I'm the Lord who mends, who, who brings things, sews things back together. So verse 27 tells us, Then they came to Elam, which, which literally means palms, 
where there were 12 wells of water and 70 palm trees. So they camped there by the waters. So let's get, let's get, this, let's get the, the whole picture straight here. They left um, the Red Sea. They praised the Lord. Moses brought them into the desert for three days. They found bitter water. They complained to God. Moses interceded on behalf of, of the Israelites. The Lord showed Moses, this is how you're gonna solve the problem. Throw this into the water. And then they gave him sweet water to drink. Now, we're on to the next part of the journey. It says, then they came. So after the trial, the testing or the proving of the faith, remember God is still leading them. Just like us during this time, God will lead us through this. Romans 8, 28, you know this verse, you probably have it on your refrigerator and it says, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So we knew God had a purpose for the Israelites. He has a purpose for us during this trial. And it says they came to Elam where this palms where there were 12 waters and it says they camped there by the waters. And that word, it means literally to set oneself down, to pitch a tent. Remember before we talked about Moses brought them out and that was pulling the tent stakes up. Now they're gonna be in this area for a while. They're, they're gonna be by the waters and it's the waters are now drinkable. It's refreshing, they're in the shades of the palm trees. There's a refreshing when we're in God's word, when we're spending time with him, when we're following him, when we're in his will, it gives us a refreshing. Acts 3.19 is a good verse. It says, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. I think that's us during this time. Times of refreshing, a cooling. Uh, the word used for refreshing means a cooling, a recovery of breath or a revival. So I'm going to end it, end it with one last verse because I think um, through this trial, through this time in our own lives, personally, um, as you spend time with the Lord, He desires that close relationship with you. I'm going to read two verses from John chapter 7, verses 37 and 38. It just shows how awesome our Father is. It says, On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And this was in reference to the Holy Spirit. And we're, when we're being led by the Holy Spirit, even, even during this time, even more so, you know, we, we will be refreshed, we will be renewed. And I pray that uh, as you go back through this, this account, read back through uh, Moses leading them through there in the Song of Moses all in 15, Study on your own time. Find those nuggets that, that God will show you in that. So till next time, God bless.